Hi, my name is Queen Zoraya Counts, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Evil Lives Amongst Us, African-American True Crime. This podcast is about true crimes that are committed by African-Americans. Me, personally, I love listening to true crime stories. I love watching them on television, just seeing how people thought they could get away with things, and just paying attention to the dark psychology of people. But very seldom do I hear true crime stories that were committed by African Americans. So, I decided to create this podcast in order to talk about the true crimes of African Americans, how they can be serial killers as well. And so, I wanted to share some of the stories that I found to be very interesting. So, sit back and relax and listen to Evil Lives Amongst Us, True Crimes of African Americans. Today, I want to talk about Peter Bryan. Peter Bryan was classified as a schizophrenic cannibal. He had three victims. His murders dated back from March 18, 1993, February the 17, 1993, and April 20, 2004. He was born in 1970. His victims were Nisha, Seth, 20, Brian, 43, and Richard, 60. He hit him with a hammer and strangled him. He was living in London, England. He was sentenced in psychiatric confinement in 1993. And they released this man in 2004. And then he was sentenced to life in prison on March 15, 2005. Hmm. They said that a medical staff released a mentally ill convicted killer from the mental health center where he was living. And they're saying that this person really did not have any type of experience. They say that three hours after his discharge, three hours after he got out in 2004, he killed Brian Cherry, a friend, and cooked part of his brain. After that murder, he was sent to Broadmoor, a secure hospital, where after spending 10 days there, he attacked and killed Richard Lowell, a fellow 
They're blaming the National Health Service guideline for moving these now 39-year-old children in the care of a social worker with no mental health training and who was over his head dealing with this manip manipulative patient. I mean, why would y'all do that? And he knew that sometimes people can sense out people who are weak. So I'm pretty sure Peter sensed out that he was really weak and took advantage of him because he was given permission to live in a hostel in North London where he could come and go as he pleased. He had been admitted to a secure hospital after beating a shop assistant to death with a hammer in 1993. But eight years later, health experts decided he could live in a community under supervision. In 2002, he moved to the hospital and at the beginning of 2004, Social workers applied for his transfer to low support But four weeks later, Brian murdered his friend, Brian Cherry. 43, he cooked them and ate his flesh. Now, this right here is a real life cannibal. Hannibal the cannibal. Hannibal the cannibal. I mean, we we talk about how the police department needs special training, but a lot of these psychiatrists, they need some training too because if you understand the dark psychology of a person and you know that they are a manipulative person and they create these horrendous murders, why would you let them out? Why would you give them another chance? Because you have not cured them. They, they have only suppressed those feelings. I mean, and then they gave him an inexperienced social worker to look after him after he was transferred to a Riverside house in North London. And that person obviously had no experience and that was not an appropriate choice to care for him i mean it wasn't he had never been responsible for someone who had committed murder so why would you give him to someone who said oh he's fine he's okay why i don't understand he even assaulted a 17 year old girl they were concerned about that but there was no attempt made by the hostel or the social worker to contact the home office. They didn't even contact. They said it was an indecent assault and he was moved for his own safety from the hostel after being threatened by the girl's family. I mean, really? You were threatened by the girl's family? Get out of here. They found Ryan Sherry semi-naked. You know, dead because Stanley was gonna kill him, and that's what he did. He went there and he killed him. And when they got there, he was carrying a carbon knife and he was covered in dry blood. And both of Sherry's arms and one of his legs had been cut from his body. And the kitchen. Parts of his flesh was found cooking in a frying pan. And Peter Bryan told 
the people that he ate his brains with butter and that it was really nice. He was sent abroad more again and then that's when he killed this other guy. I don't understand. And this guy was actually killed in the dining room. So you know what was going on there. Why would he kill them in the dining room? He was hungry. He wanted human flesh. Even Lodwell had complained. He had complained to other patients that Brian was bullying him, but they ignored him because they said it was not treated seriously. I mean, I don't understand. Time and time again, I am reading or seeing on the news where people who have complaints are being ignored. And then after it's happened, it's too late. It's too late. Now they say, oh, we failed him. We apologize. What? People are dead. And now you want to apologize? Now you want to apologize. Because cannibal Peter Bryan had an appetite for killing after he battered a young woman to death in a fashionable boutique. He had followed Felicia, the 20-year-old girl of the shop's owner, while working as a shop assistant. But he got fired because he was still in clothes. Then a week later, March 18th, he was 23 years old, then returned to get his revenge. He took her 12-year-old brother Bobby to the floor and battered her over the head with a claw hammer as she chatted on the phone. Nisha was dead before the ambulance arrived. But then an hour later, he was high. He was high on weed. He jumped from the third floor of the building and I guess they said he was trying to commit suicide, but he survived and then admitted that he did kill Misha. They locked him up in maximum security psychiatric unit without limit of time, but was released on the advice of psychiatrists nine years later because now Peter had the ability to mask his madness under a veneer of being normal. Hmm. He stayed at the Riverside House mm, for a little bit, and then he was caught blowing raspberries on a 16-year-old girl's stomach. Next, they sent him to another ward. And then they said that he could leave, leave it as much as he wanted. But by 7 o'clock that night, on February 17th, he killed his second victim. He killed Brian. And that's when he began to dismember his body and eat him because he ate his brains because he said it was good when he cooked it, cooked it with butter. He had no friends, but he was a nice man. What they say. At 7.15, Nicola went to Mr. Sherry's house and he, she noticed that there was a smell of disinfectant coming from the apartment. And she went in. She was like, let me see what's going on. And there she saw Brian. 
standing there, Peter, bare-chested, holding a knife and told him, Mr. Cherry's dead. She looked and she saw him laying naked on the floor and could see one of his arms on the floor separated from his body. When the police arrived, they found Peter standing in the hallway in the dark with blood-stained hands, jeans, and trainers. In the kitchen, they noticed a small amount of meat in a frying pan next to an open tub of clover butter. That was Mr. Cherry's brains. But more brain tissue and hair matted with blood, they found that on a plate next to a knife and a fork on the draining board. And he told them that he would have done someone else if they hadn't come along because he claims that he was eating their souls. Mr. Sherry's skull had been smashed open with 24 blows from the hammer and his head had been sawed off. He had taken off his right leg and both his arms and blood was splattered all on the living room floor, probably all on the walls everywhere everywhere and he was mad because he got interrupted before he could completely cut off his limb and Peter said that he that the smell of the blood gave him comfort later when he was in jail he told a member of the staff that he wanted to and the prison officers had to use riot shields when unlocking his cell because they were scared that he would attack them this is crazy now this is a black man Hannibal His third victim was awaiting trial for the murder of an 82-year-old woman. So the person that he killed was in the psychiatric ward, but he was waiting trial for the murder of an 82-year-old woman. And they say on the day of his death, he was happy, cheering, and laughing. But then at 6.10, three members of the staff heard two bangs coming from the dining room and they found Mr. Lodwell laying on the floor to a table and chair. Covered in blood, and there was a strangulation mark around his neck. So Peter had killed him. He told the doctors, I get these urges. See, I've had these urges ever since I saw him. He's the bottom of the food chain, old and haggard. He looked like he'd had his innings. I was just waiting for my chance to get at him. I wanted to kill him and eat him. I didn't have much time. If I did, I'd have tried to cook him and eat him. But people was asking him, was it normal to eat people? And he said, yes, it's normal. Cannibalism, it's normal. It's been here for centuries. If I was on the street, I'd go for someone bigger, you know, for the challenge. He said that he felt excited. And if he would have had the time to cook him, he would have cooked him. But for a brief moment, he considered eating him raw. And he also named another page patient 
as his next target because he said that it was something like a ritual. And then he said, I must become a serial killer or something. And he believed that the human body was a natural food source and it made him stronger. He wanted to kill at least eight people because Peter said that he wanted to be known in history as a serial killer. He even told doctors that he said, okay, y'all gonna release me in a community again. You did it once, you're gonna do it again, and I'm gonna get away with it again. I mean, come on. They said that it was like carrying out a series of the silence of the lamp interviews. Like when they would talk to them, he would compliment the doctors and say, you look like a brainy chap and you are quite smart. I think I can take them. He would describe eating the victim's arms and legs saying that it tasted like chicken. Now he's got life behind prison. And they're saying that he is at his most deadly when he is able to present himself as entirely calm and settled. So, oh, we never hear about African American people killing people and eating them. We never hear of this. But here we are, listening to a story of someone who has murdered and killed and ate, ate his brain. It did remind me of Hannibal Lecter. It was a good movie. I enjoyed the movie. But that goes to show that a lot of things are not fiction. But once again, another story of where the system failed because if they would have kept him in prison, he would have never had killed those people that he murdered and ate them. This is crazy. Peter Bryan, Hannibal the Cannibal, real life. Thank you for listening to Evil Lives Amongst Us, African-American True Crime. My name is Queens Alive Counts. I would like to welcome you back to another episode of Evil Lives, Evil Lives Amongst Us, African-American True Crime. You can reach me at queensawaya at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under the name Raw Lioness. Peace.